Welcome to this episode of Inside the NCAA, the AMA Experience. My name is Chris Johnson, and I'm Associate Director for Academic and Membership Affairs. Our goal is to provide you insight on what we, an AMA, encounter on a daily basis. We will have subject matter experts from within the national office and the membership to discuss hot topics affecting all three NCAA divisions. For today's episode, we're going to discuss the Summer Basketball Initiative in men's and women's basketball. We have two guests today, PJ Hubert, an Assistant Director for Academic and Membership Affairs, and Kelsey Mahoney, Coordinator for Women's Basketball. PJ and Kelsey each serve as liaisons to the Men's and Women's Basketball Summer Initiative Working Groups, respectively. First up, PJ. How are you doing today? I'm great, Chris. I appreciate you having me on. PJ, before we dive into the Summer Basketball Initiative, talk to us about your role within the national office. Yeah, so I just uh, came up on my fifth year at the NCAA. working in academic and membership affairs, so primarily a a liaison to the men's basketball oversight committee, working on legislative bylaw teams, um, personnel, playing in practice seasons and recruiting, also have responsibilities um, operationally with uh, the NIT and the NIT committee. Also, PJ, to be remiss not to talk about your uh, former student-athlete status uh, close by at IUPUI, is that correct? That is correct, yeah. I'm an Indianapolis native, played my college basketball here at IUPUI, go Jags. Um, Yeah, so it's been a very unique experience transitioning from a a student-athlete into uh, being an athletic administrator and then obviously having a hand in a lot of things we do uh, from a men's basketball perspective here at the national office. And sticking with the basketball theme, uh, talk to us about what is the Summer Basketball Initiative and what does the Summer Basketball Initiative intend to accomplish? Yeah, great question, Chris. So let's let's take a step back for background purposes. So this was a, a concept that was initially floated with our oversight committees and the coaches associations um, roughly six months to a year ago. So um, our oversight committees have appointed uh, working groups, both in the men's space and women's space. And those working groups are made up of a variety of, of administrators, student athletes, and coaches. Um, initially, you know, we've had a lot of really positive meetings uh, with our working groups. Um, our student athletes have been very instrumental in chiming in and, and setting um, a tone with the working groups in terms of um, how this initial draft concept looks currently. And so I want to really hit on exactly what the summer basketball initial draft concept is. So it's essentially up to two exhibition contests, scrimmages, uh, tournament-style format, two games uh, there. It could be an open practice or an open scrimmage. Um, and it's, it's really the, the key word that both working groups have used thus far is flexible, um, providing flexibility amongst all levels of the membership in Division I in terms of you know, having local, regional, and national potential impact and exposure for our game of college basketball. What that looks like is the summer basketball contest, the up to two contest would be part of the already permissible eight weeks of summer access that exists in basketball. Um, That rule is up to eight weeks of practice, um, workouts with your team, and it's up to eight hours per week. Um, So just wanting to clarify that the summer competitions would be part of those eight hours and would be a part of those eight weeks of summer access. Now, more details related to that, obviously, is summer contest window. We want to um, allow for that individual skill and drill uh, work weeks one through four of summer access. So generally speaking, the summer basketball competition 
uh, or competitions would be in weeks five through eight in the latter part of summer access. That allows coaches and student athletes to get, like I said, that individual and team practice for at least that first month of, of your summer access time and then really allow you to kind of provide a, um, a where, where you're currently at in maybe weeks five through eight. So if you play a game in week six, you can evaluate how you've improved and what you've done in those first you know, four, five, six weeks of summer access, come back, practice a week in week seven, and then participate again in your second contest uh, in week eight to kind of celebrate and cap off of your summer. Um, location is generally flexible um, as long as it occurs within the U.S., U.S. Commonwealth, or a U.S. territory. We're looking at just Division I opponents only. Um, it would not trigger a season of competition for student-athletes uh, to participate in the summer, uh, summer competition. And we're also looking at providing some new and fun things to the summer contest as well. So the, the notion of head coaches allowing some of their assistants to potentially coach uh, during the games. And maybe that's in an open practice format where coach can be visiting with, with the public and the boosters in the stands while coaches and assistant coaches coaching the team during that competition. Officiating, we're looking at up-and-coming officials to participate and promote the development of those younger officials in the community and those up-and-comers, um, as well as experimental rules. So think of kind of how we do it in rule change years in the NIT. In a similar fashion, we would promote those experimental rules and, and permit those to take place in the summer basketball contest as well. Now, PJ, you mentioned the student-athlete involvement within the, the working groups as well. Um, can you expand a little bit more on that involvement of student-athletes? Yeah, absolutely. So we have current student-athletes representing both on the men's side of the working group and on the women's side in their working group. Uh, they've been very instrumental in setting the tone, like I said, of, of kind of the path of the working group, right? So making sure that this doesn't interfere with academics in the summer, making sure this doesn't interfere with their individual skill development. It's been of utmost importance that's been shared by our student athletes that the summer is a time for them to develop and get better, work on their game, be with their team. So having the competition aspect on the latter part of summer access just provides that extra avenue, that, that extra tool in the toolkit um, for those teams, for those student athletes to compete against outside um, other Division I opponents during the summer. We've also uh, recently created a men's basketball engagement, student-athlete engagement group um, as well. The women have one. It's an opportunity for both of those groups to seek student-athlete feedback, and the representation is generally one student-athlete from each of the 32 Division I member conferences that is on that those student-athlete engagement groups. So we are seeking uh, feedback um, from a number of student-athlete groups, and obviously the representation on the actual summer basketball initiative working groups um, has been very instrumental in, the, in driving um, kind of where the, the initial concept is currently at. PJ, thanks for taking the time to, to break down the men's basketball side of the summer basketball initiative. Now let's transition to the women's basketball side and talk about uh, the similarities and differences between uh, the men's uh, basketball initiative and the women's basketball initiative. Kelsey? Talk to us about your role within the national office. Yeah, absolutely. I am a coordinator with the women's basketball staff here at the national office. I oversee all student athlete experience in lodging for the tournament and the Division I women's basketball sport itself. 
inclusive of Selection Sunday all the way through when the teams return back with their national championship trophy, something that is exciting every day. It changes every day. And as a former women's basketball student athlete my, myself at George Washington University, it's something that excites me to get up every single day and, and kind of work towards enhancing the overall experience for, for our current and future student athletes. Now, you said former student athlete. I think that's putting it lightly. You have quite a few accolades behind you, but behind your name was a former student athlete at George Washington, including, I believe, a couple all-conference selections as well. Yeah, absolutely. We won. Um, we were fortunate enough to win two re- regular season and two postseason tournaments with the Atlantic Ten Conference, and I was a student athlete that got to experience the tournament, um, luckily more than once in my four years at GW. So, um, you know, nothing's better than getting on that charter plane and heading to your your next destination to, to kind of compete again, once again late in March, which not many people get to do. So it's something, the memories I carry with me as I continue with my work every single day. And mid-majors compete. I'm a proud mid-major uh, graduate of the Atlantic 10 at GW. So um, exciting to just bring that forward to, to everyday work here at the national office. Yeah, and I'm sure you use a lot of that student-athlete experience in, in helping the Women's Basketball Oversight Committee develop the Summer Basketball Initiative. And as that uh, basketball committee continues to work through this this concept, it's it's still got quite a quite a bit of ways to go. Um, but do you mind just talking about some benchmarks and maybe a timeline that this committee is looking at for the summer basketball initiative? Yeah, absolutely. This past spring, we sent out a survey uh, through our 32 Division One conferences to garner feedback from different facets of um, that touch men's and women's basketball, respectively, inclusive of. Student athletes, of course, um, our number one priority, coaches, administrators, and, and faculty, um, athletic representatives. So um, with that window of opportunity to provide feedback, closing at the beginning of June, our women's basketball oversight and men's basketball oversight working group committees will, will receive that feedback and, and what was learned from that survey at the end of June at their, their summer meetings here in Indianapolis. From then on, um, each group's respectively will be working and and tweaking a few things from the feedback received from the membership to put forth a formal proposal to be um, put up in front of Division I Council at our 2024 uh, convention in in January of next year. And if adopted, the first summer contest, first summer competition won't occur until summer of 2024. So where that seems like a long time um, away from now, um, it, it, it truly is very, very close, and, and we're getting there every step of the every step of the way here, uh, moving towards 2024. So we're looking at one year from from really the time of this recording, but there's quite a few steps. Uh, we, you've mentioned, you know, the feedback from the survey. Also, it's got to go in front of the NCAA Division One Council, uh, and then ultimately next summer would be if it's adopted along the way would be the implementation of it. Um, I do know that there are some slight differences between men's basketball's uh, summer initiative. Uh, specifically, I think women's basketball has a, a cool initiative with three-on-three. Uh, I know that's growing globally. Go, can you talk to me about uh, women's basketball working through the three-on-three portion? Yeah, absolutely. There are um, a few slight differences between proposals put forth by the Men's and Women's Basketball Oversight Committee. Um, in addition to growing exposure uh, for the sport itself in the, in the summer access period, uh, the women's basketball working group didn't want to lose sight of skill development in the summer as well for the women's basketball student athletes. And something that came forth from the working group, which is a diverse, diverse um, set of administrators, coaches, and student athletes, was a desire to hold three v three competitions in the summer. And all rules would be 
similar to that of FIBA. And we have obviously the upcoming summer 2024 Olympics. This is a, an Olympic sport. It's something like you said that is growing globally. Um, and there was there was strong interest to include that in in consideration for these summer competitions, just not to lose sight of the exposure and the excitement, of course, regionally, locally, nationally, but but also not losing sight of the skill development as we continue to grow our game. Women's basketball is is hot and we want our, our student athletes to um, obviously develop in the summertime and get ready for that November competition. So there was there was a lot of interest from the entire working group and and excitement around that and what that could be at the collegiate level as USA basketball is is obviously strong in basketball um, globally, and they, they, we all wish to continue that as well. Now, PJ, working with a committee, let alone two, with men's and women's basketball is, is no easy feat. Talk to us about the collaboration you've had between other departments and even within AMA. Yeah, that's a great question. It's been very collaborative. So we, we generally have been seeking feedback and working very closely, even internally with the basketball championship staff. Um, our oversight committee liaisons, our oversight, actual oversight committee, um, and those members, coaches associations at the NABC and WBCA, we presented the initial draft concept as part of the final fours, uh, both in Houston for the men and in Dallas for the women uh, a few months back. Um, conference spring meetings, we've been on a little bit of a barnstorming tour in the last month or so, um, visiting with all of our conferences and, and membership stakeholders. Um, and sitting down and talking to the administrators and basketball coaches, seeking their feedback. Well, Kelsey, what do you think? Well, yeah, I agree with PJ. It's been an, an incredible opportunity to bring together a lot of different minds, both at the national office and across the membership. Um, the collaboration not only between men's and women's basketball staffs, our, our colleagues over in academic membership affairs, but um, all of our coaches, student athletes, administrators. Uh, it's been no small feat, like you had mentioned, getting everybody together, but the responses and the, and the feedback and the, the desire to be a part of these these conversations, these meetings, and not missing them is, is um, a true testament to what what is growing here and what what our our membership is is wanting to do with this summer initiative and um, pushing this along and as as we go in this this year-long process or now it's been longer than a year to to see what what comes of this in summer of 2024 so it's been an incredible opportunity a lot of different diverse backgrounds and and ideas and perspectives that has really strengthened to to grow this game at the end of the day and and um get get the the name of men's and women's basketball out there in the, in the summer access period which is which is all very exciting awesome pj kelsey thank you for taking the time today to discuss the summer basketball initiative and share your experiences as a student athlete and how you continue to impact the game today what's really great to hear your perspectives um from both sides from both the men's side and the women's side and how to continue to grow the sport of basketball and to our audience Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Inside the NCAA, the AMA Experience. 